Welcome to Data, the podcast show for dads about dads being dads. I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thank you for listening. If you're new to the show, I hope you enjoy listening. Please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. My guest today on Data is Scott Flansbaum. Scott is a Marine Corps veteran and has an amazing story of the tragedy he faced after undergoing routine surgery. He was paralyzed from the waist down and was told he would never walk again. As you can imagine, to receive that kind of news would be devastating. However, Scott was determined to defy the odds. He would not accept being told he would never walk again. Scott's story will teach you that you can overcome any obstacle you face. As a father of four girls, he shares just how much this tragedy impacted his role as a dad and just how much his life as a dad has changed. He also shares how much it has impacted his family and how much his family has had to change since the accident. Since Scott's accident, he has been sharing his story and even come up with his own brand known as Unbreakable. He is now a motivational speaker, teaching and encouraging others how to be unbreakable. This is an episode you won't want to miss. Please listen to this amazing story of Scott's journey and what Unbreakable really means to Scott. Please welcome Scott Flansbaum to Dad Up. Um, you are a huge inspiration. I really appreciate you joining me on Dad Up today. Just kind of Tell me a little bit about your story and, and about your kids and, and your dad experiences. But listen, you're a huge inspiration to a lot of people. And um, so I really wanted to get a chance to talk to you. I heard you on uh, Cornerstone of America. Alex is a good friend of mine. Um, and he and I kind of started off at the same time with our podcast. And I heard you on his show. And I reached out to Alex. I'm like, I got to get this guy on my show. And he's like, yeah, he's a good guy. So um, former Marine like me. Um, so just a huge inspiration to a lot of people. So I really appreciate you joining me today, brother. I really do. Yeah, of course, man. I really, seriously, thank you for wanting to have me on. Cool. Well, let's do this. For people that don't know much about you, um, don't know about your story and all that, um, tell me a little bit about yourself, kind of what you've been going through, and also how many kids you have. Yeah. So uh, most people know me now because... Uh, uh, almost two years ago, about 18 months ago, I went in for a routine medical procedure and was paralyzed from the chest down and told I'd never walk again. And for some reason, I decided to document that journey and uh, try and inspire my children and my wife. I have four girls. They range from everywhere from 17 years old to uh, the baby was just turned one years old a week before the accident. So uh, I tried to start inspiring them and inspire myself because they said I'd never walk again. And I just felt that was unacceptable. And so I've been on this journey. And uh, I have walked again. In fact, this last week, I got a robotic brace, um, like a robotic exoskeleton brace that is allowing me to walk without a walker now. So I'm learning how to walk Again, <laughs> it's just like I've learned how to walk again so many times in the last 18 months. And, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to, and along that way, I've met a bunch of people like Alex and now you, and just trying to inspire people through that. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Now, um, I mean, it must have been obviously devastating to hear the words that, that uh, you're, you're not going to be able to walk again. And I know um, just based on your drive and your passion, I knew that wasn't going to be an answer that was going to be acceptable to you. So how did that, how did that impact you and your family? Because you had, you know, you had four girls. So um, what was going through your mind when, when they told you that? Yeah. So my wife and I, I, <laughs> I said this to a few people. I don't think you 
ever get ready to hear those words come out of a doctor's mouth, let alone, you know, if I had cancer and they told me I wasn't going to survive at the beginning and, you know, I fought and fought. And then one day they said, look, that's all we have left. Um, yeah, I might've had time to process, process that, but in this case, it literally happened. The accident happened. I didn't even realize it was an accident at the time. Three hours, four hours later, they tell us what had happened, and then they tell us that news. So uh, it hit us like a ton of bricks. I mean, my wife and I just looked at each other like we'd seen a ghost and started crying. But uh, we, you know, right after that, they told us that, and that happened. I mean, one of the first things I did is I'm like, you need to call my mom. And because the girls are getting out of school in two hours, and we're not going to be there. So that's how, you know, emergency it was. So we really didn't get a chance to process it. It was just a, just like getting hit by a two by four, you know, out of nowhere between the eyes. So uh, in that moment, no, we didn't get a chance to process it. And I I really don't have an answer for what it feels like. It was just devastating and not something. Yeah, shocking. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, now you're walking again. So yeah. you've got, so tell me about that process. I mean, they, they, I mean, I know you've gone through a, 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 an enormous amount of physical therapy and probably still doing it, right? Oh yeah. Physical therapy is still my life. And it literally started from, you know, I made uh, two promises before I went under for that surgery to God. Uh, if he would ever allow me to walk again, you know, I would do, you know, anything and everything. And the two things that I, I stuck by from day one was not going to tell anybody, no. So PT comes in, whoever, anybody's going to help me and says, this is going to help you. I'm not going to tell them no. And whatever they ask me to do, I'm going to do twice as much. <clears throat> and so it went from trying to get out of bed. Well, when I came out of surgery, my right leg was still paralyzed. And mm-hmm. we didn't know if that was going to come back. And for three days, it, it did not work. And then I had physical therapy for the first time where they moved it, you know, physical therapist moved it. And then they just tried getting me up out of bed to see if I could even put some weight on it. And that was brutal. And so it started there. And then the next day it was like, you're going to walk. It's like, I'm going to walk. What? (laughs) But once again, I wasn't going to tell them no. Well, they brought in a hydraulic walker, which, you know, kind of carried me. And I dragged my leg. So we went from there to there to, you know, to a, a regular walker and to getting in the pool and just trying to, it's funny, I just saw this video of me, one of my first PT sessions that first month, and I forget my right leg, I couldn't even bring my heel to my butt. Uh, I, I, couldn't, I could do it with my left leg, boom, I could get it up, you know, pretty quickly, but my right leg, I couldn't do it. I had forgotten about that. And so I just started getting in the pool because I could do it in the pool a little bit better than I could without. So I just started doing pool therapy and basically I just worked my butt off. I mean, I just worked my butt off. I was obsessed and I'm still obsessed. And so it was just little by little, it started to come back and I kept fighting and fighting and I never got, I never just was happy with what I have. I always wanted more. Well, that's awesome. Um, that's great. And, and 
you know, it's crazy the 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 fact that that people take things for granted so much, and just the just the little things of, of, of you know that we consider walking to just be a, a normal routine, um, but people take it for granted. And and I know that you've you've even completed a 10k, um, and you know, being a runner uh, myself, I've ran you know marathons and stuff, but I've never really thought that you know that it's to have that privilege of being able to run or being able to walk is, is it's a, it's a, it's a privilege. We need to, we need to not take it for granted. And the fact that you even completed the 10 K is amazing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's funny because I thought after being in the Marine Corps, you know, it's, um, I, I'm not a big runner and after being in the Marine Corps, it's like, ugh, if I never ran again, I'd be cool with that. And, uh, <laughs> but then, you know, you, you start to forget it. And, uh, and also when you're running on your own versus, you know, running in boot camp, it's a big difference. And, right. uh, yeah, I still can't run. I'll never be able to run, especially if it's robotic race. You just can't run, at least not now, you know, sit there and bitch about whining uh, or whining <laughs> about running. And I'm like, just think of me, please, please right. think of me. And, right. uh, cause I would, I would love to get out there and do that. And yeah, it's like anything in life. It's, you take, it's like right now. I mean, I, I didn't get out much to begin with. Uh, you know, we're homebodies, but the second you tell me that we can't hang out with people, what do we want to do? We want to yeah. hang out with people yeah. and we miss it. So yeah, that 10K was, that was only six months after my accident. I mean, I was That's still, crazy. yeah, and it was, and I couldn't run it and everybody else was running it, but I was like, I don't care. I want to walk it right. with my walker. And so my wife and I set out on the course hours before everybody else. It was almost like eerie because we're walking through downtown LA and Beverly Hills and all the streets are shut down for the race, but there's no race going on. It's just us. (laughs) And uh, when we crossed the finish line, there's a bunch of people, you know, because it finally caught up and it was awesome. So yeah, set those goals and more importantly, appreciate, like you said, everything you got. That's awesome. Well, congrats on that, brother. Thank you. Now, when it comes to uh, being a dad, uh, you got four girls. That's that's quite a uh, an accomplishment. <laughs> Raising four <laughs> girls. I, I've got I've got two boys. Both my boys are grown. Uh, my youngest is eighteen. My oldest is twenty one. And um, I know your your ages range, but um, what do you you know what do you enjoy most about being a dad? Um, just. I just love how they're all different and, uh, you know, they are, even though they all came from the same spot, they couldn't be, you know, you just see little parts of you or your wife and I'm learning, uh, just like this week, my daughter started this website for teenagers that are going through this Corona thing. And yeah, she's feeling very uneasy because this is kind of her first big thing she's gone through as a kid that's, uh, you know, uneasy and doesn't know what's going to happen. And we can all remember that when we were kids, especially teenagers. And she, so she started basically this blogging site and on her own. And I was just so proud because, you know, we, we strive to do the right thing and raise our kids the right way. And I don't know about you, but I'm always wondering, am I doing it right? Am Mm -hmm. I getting it right? And when you see little things like that that make you so proud, um, 
that's the best because at the end of the day, I just want to make sure my wife and I just want to make sure that they're successful adults because of what we taught them. So when you see those little things, man, there's nothing better. There's nothing better than seeing your kids, you know, thrive and succeed. Right. And, uh, you know, especially when they help others. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's cool. Good for her. Uh, that's a, that's a way to that's a way to give back, and it also um, you know helps her feel feel good about the you know the times that we're going through right now. So that's cool. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Awesome. Now, when it comes to challenges, I mean, obviously you have your your biggest challenge, but when it comes to challenges as a dad, um, what challenges are you going through right now, and what kind of challenges have you faced just in in, in this accident? you know, trying to be the involved and the best dad you can be, even going through the situation that you went through. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think the hardest thing is I'm still, even with this robotic race, uh, I still have massive issues. Uh, my whole left side has nerve damage. It's so painful and I, I don't get a break. I haven't gotten in almost two years. I haven't gotten one minute of pain-free uh, no breaks. My neck was caged at eight levels. Um, so I can barely hold up my head and most nights I can, I can't hold up my head. So just a lot of pain that comes with it. And when you're in a lot of pain, you're obviously very moody and snappy and, uh, also go, getting out. You know, I just don't want to go out because I'm not comfortable because I'm in so much pain. So, you know, the challenge is, is, trying not to upend their lives because they're, they're the same person. They're not hurting. They're not, you know, any of this stuff. And so that's been the the biggest challenge is trying not to ruin their lives through my disability. And it's hard. And it's also hard not to snap at them. Now I was given this analogy. I go, look, you got, you know, when you stub your toe really hard on the coffee table, and somebody walks up to you and goes, hey, are you okay? Are you okay? And you just want to scream at him. No, I'm not okay. <laughs> Give me five minutes. I just stubbed my toe and it hurts so bad. I, I tell him, I go, what you guys don't realize is, is that's how I feel pretty much 24-7. And I, I bottle it up and I try and just shove it down because nobody wants somebody to walk around complaining and whining. And But every once in a while, they're talking to me or whatever. And I feel like it's them going, are you okay? Are you okay? And of mm-hmm. course I snap and it's not cause I mean to, I'm just, you know, you just stab in that moment. And so, yeah, that's been the hardest thing is just trying not to let this, you know, take over. And more importantly, uh, you know, it, it set goals, even those goals to get out more. I mean, that was one of my goals at the beginning of this year before this all happened, of course. Right was one of my goals was to get out, try and get out more and force myself to get out more to try and get life back to normal for them. Right. So that's it. That's probably the, one of the biggest challenges that I have right now. Yeah. I can see that. And it, I, I, you know, I'm curious, Scott, when, when you went through your accident, I mean, we don't have, we don't have a manual on how to be a dad. We don't have a manual right. on, on how to talk to our kids when certain things happen, we have to kind of go off the experiences that we know or talk to other people to get the experience that to understand how to, how to talk to our kids or communicate to our kids when, when something goes wrong. 
But what kind of conversations did you have with your kids when you went through this accident? I mean, that must have been a it must have been a tough challenge, a tough conversation to have. And I'm sure your kids were were scared. Yeah, absolutely. And especially my old, two older ones that are teenagers, um, you know, because they had to step up and help out and grow up. And, you know, unfortunately, these girls have gone through quite a bit in their life. Their mom walked out on them and me when, we, when they were like, five and three and so uh you know they've been through some some really hard times and uh you know had to grow up faster than most kids and you know so i was a so proud of them because when my accident happened i mean the two older ones wouldn't even leave the hospital that weekend uh they wanted to be there but yeah it's uh i mean you know it's there is no manual and we're writing it as we go along, but because of my disabilities and, you know, my wife works and, uh, cause she needs to work cause I don't work. And so it's just more of, you know, I have to have hard conversations with them telling them that they have to step up and do certain things that are adult like just to help out around the house. And, you know, they're lucky they go to really nice schools where were the poor people in the school and <laughs> we're not poor by any means, but you know, uh, there's some really rich people at these schools and, um, you know, those kids don't, they don't go through any of that. And so in their minds, they're like, why do I have to do this? You know? Yeah. And, uh, so I just tell them, I go, look, it's, you know, I know it might not seem fair to you, but I promise you that, this is getting you ready for the real world. Cause in the real world, stuff like this happens every single day. It might not be, you know, your dad getting paralyzed, but hard stuff happens every single day. And you guys are going to be so well prepared for that because you, you know, you've been through trials and mm-hmm. you've had hard things happen to you. And I, I just feel even before this accident, that was a big thing for my wife and I to teach them because I just feel like a lot of parents aren't teaching their kids what the real world like. And I tell my girls all the time, like, you don't understand the real world is a, I mean, it will eat you up. It will chew you out, chew you up, spit you out. It doesn't care who you are or where you came from. And this world you live in here is so soft and nice and comfortable and we protect you. And there's some kids out there that are going to get, a real big slap of reality when they get out there and you know our job is to make sure that doesn't happen to you guys so we're just trying to once again just teach them that hey sometimes life you know really beats you up but if you're strong you'll get through it yeah that's you're right it's a, it's a great lesson to teach teach our kids and, and, and you're also right about you know life is life is tough life is hard life is not perfect and when our kids grow up and they realize that, and, it, you know, even, even my oldest, who's 21, it, I'm still having to teach him that, you know, things aren't always going to be, you know, sugarcoated the way that they are. And you right. have to be, you have to, you have to be prepared for, for things to not go the way that you'd like them to go. And you have to understand how to handle it. Um, so it's good that you, you, you've got that, got that instilled in them. And I know it's probably hard on them because they don't get, 
quite, uh, they don't get to uh, have the experiences maybe of all the other kids and what they're doing and what they're going through. But um, at the same time, um, family's first and uh, you're teaching them life lessons right now. So that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Now, um, you know, you're a former Marine. Uh, I'm sure you're probably a little, little, little strict like I am with my boys. Um, how do, how do you and your wife handle the discipline side of things? Yeah. So we always joke and go, tell them this is a dictatorship, not a democracy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I mean, we just, it's funny. I was talking to somebody just this weekend and one of my friends and I was telling them like, no, we ride them so hard. And, uh, I just feel like that's what happened to me growing up. It turned out okay. Uh, eventually. And, uh, you know, I just, I just feel like that's missing. And so we ride them really hard. I think that the big difference is, is, um, yeah, it is a dictatorship. You know, what we say goes, um, definitely there's that Marine in me, <laughs> as you know, and, uh, although four girls has made it a lot softer over the years, but, um, <laughs> it's, uh, but the differences, I think the huge differences and where I don't you know, get hung up saying it's a dictatorship is we always, it might be that up front, you know, and we might be really hard up front, but it's always let's circle back and talk about why we did this. And I always give them a voice to try, if they don't like it, to try and convince me otherwise, which sometimes they do. Most of the times they don't. And that's just because they don't get it because, you know, they don't have the life experiences, but no, we're really hard. We ride them really hard. We're really strict, and uh, but we, we definitely have that open communication with them. And I think that's the one thing that is different from us growing up is that our parents were just, you know, they had that dictatorship, and it was like, that was it. You're done. You don't get a voice. And they didn't care about, you know, what you thought. And uh, so I, I, I'm hoping that's a good balance of, you know, some of the older, you know, the way our parents raised us, that's really good. It's kind of some of, kind of that new age hippie stuff that, uh, <laughs> you know, I hear supposed allegedly works. So that's yeah. how we do it. No, that, you know, that's a common, a common denominator is, is I like what you said there. It's kind of circling back and communicating, talking with them. Uh, and I find that a lot of the dads that I do talk to, that's one of the things that they do. They look, this is the way it's going to be. This is, this is, this is how, this is our, these are our rules. This is how it's going to be. And if you break those rules, there's going to be consequences, but at the same time, we're going to circle back and talk about it and, you know, make sure you understand where we're coming from. And, um, there's got to be that balance for sure. Um, so that's, that's cool. Yeah, the other thing, too, you hit there, I love that word, consequences, and I don't think enough people know this, but we associate consequences with negative things, right? Mm -hmm. And what people don't understand is consequences can be both negative or positive. And so one of the big things I tell them is, is everything we do has consequences. You know, they could be positive or they could be negative, but every single thing you do has consequences. So make sure you think about that because you are going to have consequences of every decision you make. So just try and make sure that they're the right consequences, you know, consequences that have the right reasons, the good things, not the bad right. things. Right. And they're not going to be perfect. They're going to make mistakes. We all make mistakes. Right. And, they, and they, as long as they understand that and know that 
hey, you learn from the mistakes you make and you move forward. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you got you got some some older kids there that are I'm sure kind of uh, well obviously your daughter's got a little website going kind of touching the social media world. How do you guys handle social media with kids? Because social media is brutal. There's there's some positives and negatives. Like your daughter starting the website for for other teenagers. That's awesome. That's a positive thing. But there's a lot of negative stuff that that has a, can have an influence or an impact on our kids. How do you guys handle social media? Oh, yeah. Like one of the negative things is watching your 14-year-old daughter do TikToks in every single room of the house. Every time you walk in, all you see is her dancing in a corner to her phone. And I'm like, kill me now. And then she wants me to be in everyone. And I'm like, right. no, no, that's not happening. So, uh, yeah, social media. Um, so our kids were probably one of the last ones, the older kids. I mean, two younger ones, obviously, don't have phones. But, you know, they were the last ones to get phones. Um, and they're, you know, with their friends, which, of course, was, you know, they were all upset about. But right. so we held off on phones and then finally gave them phones. Um, you know, with social media, it's, uh, it's funny. We just kind of take it. So my oldest daughter, she's super responsible you know, she's so responsible. I mean, she's the captain of her speech and debate. She's got like a 5.0 uh, GPA. So she's, I've kind of given her, she actually took herself off Instagram at one point. This is mm-hmm. when I made the website because she realized, she's like, this isn't, this is not making me feel good being on here. Um, so that one had Snapchat, which, uh, like I said, she's the one, but my 14 year old, no, no, she will never get Snapchat. She has Instagram, but, you know, I'm friends with her and can see everything. So is my wife. And uh, she gets it taken down all the time. Not because she does anything really wrong, but there's certain, there's been a couple of times where I'm like, nope, not even that. So once again, we, we write them really hard. We're very, you know, cognizant of it. It's also cool though too there's a lot of funny things that like just seeing them post stories with their on instagram with their, their younger sisters and mm-hmm. seeing how they bond over that and doing mm-hmm. filters and all this other stuff so there's a lot of good stuff that comes out of it there's obviously way more stuff that could make you go south real fast so we just talked to them you know a big thing is nudity on there you know that's right. like especially with girls you know, so it's just a lot of open communication. Um, you know, we just, we kind of play it by ear. They were definitely one of the last ones to get on social media. We allow it. We watch it. We talk to them about it. But I still, so for anybody listening, I'm probably the last guy you want to ask advice because I don't know if I'm doing the right <laughs> thing or the wrong thing with that. <laughs> but I am tired of seeing freaking TikToks all over my house. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, no, my, my boys, I mean, my boys got cell phones when they were, I want to say 12, but um, my boys are, were pretty responsible. I, I monitored their phone uh, from time to time. I wasn't real strict on it because I knew the people that they were hanging out with right. and, and the friends that they had and the friends that they had were good friends. And so I knew there wasn't a whole lot of negative influence around them. But at the same time, it's something that you had to be aware of. I'm friends with them on their social media accounts. So 
Um, I see the stuff that they post, and I know if it's if if it's good or not. So, yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, I just because once again, like we just talked about, I'm really hard on them. I'm really hard on them, and they do. They they say it all the time that you know, you know, because I'm so strict with them, and I just hope they know I do that because I love them, and it's really hard to be an involved parent because it's mm-hmm. real easy to be not involved and not care. Yeah, what they don't understand is, oh, it'd be so much easier to just lay on the couch and just let them do whatever they want and not care. It's so much harder to just be constantly monitoring them and making sure that they're becoming, you know, great human beings. So I hope they realize that. That's awesome. Now, one of the, one of the, you know, I don't want to take too, a whole lot of your time, but one of the last questions I like to ask all my dads is, um, what advice would you give to new dads or soon to be new dads? Yeah, I would tell them, I found this out when the girls were younger and my wife at the time walked out on us and we were about to go homeless and I was in this really bad car accident and insurance was about, you know, disability insurance was dropping me because they were playing that game and uh, it was a really bad time. And I remember talking to this lady who was a child psychiatrist and, you know, I had this huge hill ahead of me. You know, I have these two little girls who are about to be homeless and I'm trying to, you know, I have no idea where this woman went, what she's doing, you know, when she's coming back. A lot of unknowns. And I, I love those girls so much. I just, I didn't want to see them suffer. And she told me, she's like, yeah. so I was asking her, you know, what should I do? She goes, give them stability. Kids need stability more than anything. And she goes, and if that's with you, if that gives them enough stability, great. If it's with her, okay. If it's with your family, whatever it is, kids need stability. Kids don't like not having stability. And so that's what I did. If I started building a, a new life for them, and we didn't have much, like I said, we had to go couch to couch. But I made sure it was always around that, giving them stability. So maybe we had to live on somebody's couch, but it was going to be family member's couch because they knew that family member. And maybe their cousins would be there. So if you're a new dad out there and you're just getting started, there's going to be so many challenges, as you know, Brian, that they're going to go through. But just give those kids the most stability you can and love them. And they're going to be okay. And you're going to be okay. But that's yeah. what I would say is give kids stability. They need that. That's awesome. That's a great answer, Scott. I appreciate you sharing that. And I appreciate you sharing that story. That's awesome. Um, now, let's do this for uh, just kind of let my listeners know, um, where, where can they find you? Where can they look you up? Uh, where can they learn a little bit more about you? And then also, uh, what do you got going on this year? What's new for you this year? Yeah, absolutely. So right now I am on Instagram is my big thing. I am at unbreakable underscore journey because spelling out Scott Flamfong would probably be way too hard and people wouldn't find it. So, uh, and then unbreakable, that's the word my family and I came up with as we're going through this. So, uh, we started a nonprofit to help other people and to inspire, uh, people to, you know, everybody has their unbreakable journey in their life and might be struggling, 
And if you're not, you're going to. And so, uh, like I said, we're just trying to inspire other people. And now we made it into a nonprofit where we can actually raise money and help people. So, you know, just last week, even though it's the coronavirus, uh, we set out to spread the message of hope and love. And we were able to uh, donate $1,000 to another nonprofit that gave that money to a couple of veterans that lost their jobs during this corona thing. Uh, my daughter started that website. It's called Light, LightMindedYouth.com. So if you have teenagers, you're listening to that, they can go there. They can blog their feelings. They can get support. They can do it through each other. Uh, we also donated two bikes to uh, these two foster kids that are amazing and have just really, you know, had it rough and <laughs> not been given a fair shake in life. And we got them brand new shiny bikes for Easter. Uh, we did all that without even going out. So okay. even though we're in this corona epidemic, pandemic, whatever they want to call it, it's like you can help other people. And it can be real simple. You can yeah. be going out to your neighbors and checking in on them, you know, especially if they're elderly. We delivered toilet, not toilet paper, uh, paper towels last week, you know, to people who needed it. And, uh, so, yeah, we're just trying to inspire so you can go there. I've been posting my journey. And then, um, you know, eventually we'll get a website up and all that. But we're just, you know, we're in our infancy. I mean, we just got our settled tax ID on Good Friday. And uh, so, yeah, so we're just doing that. And uh, what's up for the rest of the year? It's funny. It started off with a bang and then this happened. So we're just going to continue to do that. Um, you know, physical therapy is still a huge part of my world and my life. It's the number one thing. Uh, like I said, I still struggle a lot. So that's number one right now. So everything I do is just, you know, little bits of time I get to try and do that to keep my mind right. And uh, hopefully this just turns into something bigger. But at the end of the day, I get messages all the time every month from people that are struggling and, uh, they thank me for whatever I posted because it got them through that day. And man, that's why I do it. That is exactly why I do it because, uh, you know, I know how hard it is to struggle. So just check out my Instagram. You can find anything there and, uh, hopefully bigger, you know, we'll get on this in a year or two and it'll be bigger and better things that we can talk about. Awesome. Well, Scott, listen, man, I'm, I'm inspired by you and uh, just love your story, love your journey, and love what you're doing. Uh, you certainly represent the data community very well, and um, I appreciate you. And I just have to say, I, I, I'm going to stay in touch with you because I feel like, um, you know, I've made a new friend and former Marine, and um, it's just, you're just a good guy, man, and I really appreciate everything you're doing. And I wish you and your family all the best this next year. Thank you, man. I, I, the same for you. The same for you. And I can't thank you enough. And thank you for allowing me to share, you know, my story. I really appreciate that. Keep doing what you're doing. All right, brother. Well, thank you very much for joining me on Dad Up. You have a blessed day, all right? You too, brother. Take care. Thank you again to Scott for talking with me on Dad Up. Scott is doing great and has accomplished so much since his accident. I am excited to see his future continue to grow through this challenge. He is motivated to continue to work through this challenge, and as you heard, there is no stopping him because he has clearly demonstrated that he is unbreakable.
Scott represents the data community very well. Thank you as always for listening to the show. And as I said before, please subscribe. It is also important to share the show with others. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions for guests who would like to be a guest yourself, please let me know. You can message me on my Instagram page at datappodcast, or you can email me at dataptribe at gmail.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thank you for listening. This is Data Up.